Welcome to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine. This is John Hennigan and Frank Selby. Uh, Frank, it's always good to have you by my side, even if you're not sitting next to me. But yeah. uh, we got a, we got a fun show today. And uh, what do we got to talk about? Well, let's, uh, um, first of all, we we need to get more people to contact us, go to the website, and we know we got a lot of people listening out there, but for some reason, um, you know, nobody ever gets in touch with us, and maybe we have to start giving, maybe we'll have to start giving stuff away. We yeah. got a whole treasure chest full of stuff, but, uh, um, Get in touch with us. Tell us what you want, what you don't want. And, uh, you know, if you get, by the way, if anybody's thinking of doing any fishing trips, we do put trips on, but we can help you with whatever you want to do or wherever you want to go. We got, we got places all over the world that we can get you some special deals on. And we'd be happy to do that for you. Just get in touch with us. And uh, you can go to the website or, you know, John at uh, fishtalkradio.com. And uh, we'd like to hear from our listeners and get some feedback. Um, and we will mention, we don't have all the details yet, but we're getting close, about our Cuba trip. Everybody seems to want to go to, everybody I talk to, go, oh, count me in, count me in. Well, we'll see when we start taking deposits how many of them do that. But uh, it's planning on for December 1st, and we are still working it out, but it's going to be probably around 33 to 3500 bucks um, for six days, three days uh, fishing, three days in Havana, and just a lot of fun stuff. And we've got a fun show coming up right now, that's for sure. So we're going to start off with uh, Jeff Fagan, who fishes the uh, Red River in New Red Mexico. Red River. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know everybody, Frank. Anyway. I know a few. Yeah, I bet you do. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I don't know what else we got going, so we'll be talking to you guys throughout the show. But uh, get in touch with us, would you? Go to fishhunttalkradio.com or fishtalkradio.com. Tell us, uh, just tell us what you're looking for and how we can help you. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be right back with, with, Frank, with Jeff. Okay, Frank, hang in there. The soft science footbed absorbs the shock of pounding waves, engine vibration, and even rocky terrain. Soft science shoes are roomy and relaxed, and they drain and dry quickly. Check out the Soft Science Fin Fishing Shoes and Boots and the Fin H2O for kayaking and canoeing. They're lightweight, slip-resistant, and won't mark your deck. See the new styles for men and women and get your pair on at softscience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. 
Always buy quality, and you will not be disappointed. AO Coolers, the lightweight, soft-sided cooler, will not disappoint you. Easy to carry, less room on the deck, and more efficient. AO Coolers fit the product inside for more performance. Once you try one, you want more. You will be proud to own one. AO Coolers outperform bulky, hard shell, and lesser soft-sided coolers. For types and how to find yours, go to aocoolers.com. Available at West Marine. The road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway. So your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back motor trend truck of the year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. Yeah, I can catch them shallow, I can catch them deep. Muddy water or the back of the creek. Wind and rain to me, it's all the same. I make a living playing this game. And I thank the Lord above every time I can. I get to be a fisherman. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan and Frank Selby, and we have Jeff Fagan on the line with us. Uh, welcome to uh, Fish Hunt Talk Radio, Jeff. Yeah, thanks Thanks for having me. Appreciate and, it. Um, we'll let you talk about a little bit about what you do, but uh, Frank, would you like to introduce Jeff? Yeah, Jeff uh, fishes the Red River in New Mexico, and he is one of the better guides. And Jeff, would you do me a big favor? Give uh-huh. your website and stuff out first, because I got a lot of questions asked you, and I don't want you to not have it on the air. Right. Okay. Uh, well, it's it's Fagan's Guided Fly Fishing, and our website is our Facebook page. It's Fagan's Fly Fishing at Facebook dot com, and uh, you can reach all of this by going to the town's page, which is RedRiver dot org. And we're pretty easy to find. So it's yeah. Fa- it's Fagan's Dash Guided Dash Fly Dash Fishing. Fagan's Fly Fishing at Facebook dot com. Oh, okay. You don't put the guided in. No, yeah, Fag- no. F- okay. He doesn't have to. There's enough of us standing in line to go with him. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. Well, well, Jeff, how's the fishing been over there? Well, I just came back from a morning trip and with a young couple from Edmond, Oklahoma, and they they caught eight or nine this morning. Uh, they they missed probably ten or twelve, but they we netted eight or nine. That, and it and, worked, is that uh, trout, bass, or what? No, it, it's trout. It, it, it's strictly trout mm-hmm. up up in our part of New Mexico. The water's too cold for bass. Mm-hmm. Well. Um, 
would you authority. mind? Would you mind for those of us that are not that familiar with the Red River? Can you kind of give it a little bit of an idea about why it's a good idea to to go to that part of the world and go fishing? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Red River. The, the town of Red River is a resort community. It also has a ski area during the, the winter time. Uh, we sit at 9,000 feet, or oh. just shy of 9,000 feet, oh. here in the, in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains. Uh, there's, there's quite a few different rivers besides the Red River, uh, but the Red River is the one that runs through our community, which is its namesake, which is, is named Red River. And uh, it's a small river, 23 miles long. Uh, it starts with four mountain creeks uh, up on Wheeler Creek, Wheeler Peak, the highest peak in New Mexico. Uh, runs 23 miles into the Rio Grande. Oh. Uh, so we have 23 miles of fishing here, and uh, we try to utilize every bit of it mm-hmm. that we can. And these are uh, primarily rainbow, or do you, do you, at that altitude you get some golden ones, can't you? We, yeah, well, we have all, we have our four basic species are, are the uh, our native trout is the cutthroat, real grand cutthroat. Uh, we have a lot of brown trout through here, mm-hmm. and in the higher elevations, we have a lot of brookie trout. But the main stock trout is the rainbow, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's actually the triploid rainbow uh, that is raised in the hatchery. Right, so they don't want it interbreeding with the wild stuff. Exactly, exactly. So what's the best time to come and visit you, Jeff? Well, we fish all year round, and it just kind of depends on what your uh, season is. Uh, we're, I love this time of year. We're not so busy. Uh, I, I, have a, I have three guides that work for me, and uh, during the summer we're taking trips out, or multiple trips out, every day but this time of year it kind of slows down a little bit we're only taking four or five trips a week there's less pressure on the the fish on the river uh the weather's uh you know have a high about 65 degrees and a low about 35 degrees uh this is my favorite time of the year right now okay. you know if somebody does want to come and visit you uh how do they get there well, we're a pretty isolated community. Uh, we live, we're in Taos County, New Mexico. Okay. Most people are familiar with Taos. Uh, yes. We're only two hours north of uh, Santa Fe. Uh, you can fly oh, okay. into Santa Fe. Yeah. In Albuquerque also. Oh, that's uh, but you, you, we do not have an airport, so you mm-hmm. have to drive into town. Uh, however, we, we stay plenty busy with, yeah. with tourists coming up here. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, uh, well, um, Taos is beautiful, and of course, uh, um, Santa Fe is, 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 you know, a very, very special place. It is. It's my, is buddy, my buddy lives there, Dave Whitmore. Mm-hmm. Well, you should go visit him and then come fish with me. Yeah, I'm going to do that. That's why. That's why I got a hold of the bet, the bet, the best. Yeah. Back there. <laughs> right. But we we actually do get a lot of people from uh, Santa Fe that are uh, visiting Santa Fe in particular because it is a very special town and uh, uh, known across the world. And then it, we're an easy drive up from Santa Fe to get up here, and we're at higher elevation, so you get higher in the mountains once you uh, mm-hmm. get up to our part of the woods. Mm-hmm. Well, I I believe that there are um, very special, almost mystical places in the world that uh, yep. the, the right people tend to congregate, and frequently you see the same people that kind of go rotate around these different areas. I live in Santa Barbara, and I think of it as one of those areas. Yes, but, sir. I, uh, I, I've been there myself, and I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. It's a special place, and Santa Fe has those same sort of vibes mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, just people are drawn to it. Mm-hmm. 
Usually the only place I fished in New Mexico a lot is outside of Truth of Consequences, New Mexico. <laughs> and I, I love my state, and I love Truth and Truth and Con- Truth or Consequences, but that's a whole different world down there than it is up Yeah, there it really is, but I like the mountains, too. That's uh, my favorite place to fish, and I don't mind seeing one or two other boats, but I don't want to see a thousand boats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I uh, Jeff, that give too. us an idea what, uh, what method you and your guides use. I mean, do you, do you float? Do you uh, fly fish in the bank? Or what, what's no, your... there's, not, there's not much floating uh, up here, and, and the Red River is uh, way too small to, to float. So we do wade fishing uh, everywhere we go. Uh, there's a little bit of float fishing on the uh, uh, Rio Grande, and a lot of white water rafting on the Rio Grande. Mm-hmm. And we're only 15 minutes from the Rio Grande, 20 minutes from there. Yeah. Uh, but my operation is uh, strictly wading. Mm-hmm. Well, where, does, it, where, does, where does Rio Grande start? I, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't understand Where does that. the Rio Grande start? Where does, it, oh, where does it begin, the Rio Grande? Yeah, it's just yeah. outside of Creed, Colorado. Uh-huh. It's about 100 miles north of us. Uh-huh. And uh, there's actually a reservoir there. that it's So it, believe it or not, it is a tailwater. Uh, but there's uh, uh, numerous uh, rivers that run into it before it gets here. Mm-hmm. And, and we love fishing the Rio Grande, and we're permitted to be on there, too. Um, it, it we The weather upstate usually dictates the water that runs through our area of the Rio Grande. Mm-hmm. So we have to keep an eye, eye out what's going on in uh, in Colorado uh, to help us understand the conditions that we're fishing here. Mm-hmm. Now, our little Red River, you know, it's right in my backyard. In fact, I'm standing on it right now. <laughs> and uh, I like that. So I, I can walk out my uh, front door and uh, and tell you what's, what's happening that day. As far as the Rio Grande goes, we have to... Uh, uh, do a little bit more research before we uh, uh, take people out on it. Mm-hmm. And do you do mostly fly fishing, spin fishing, or whatever anybody wants to do? We're we're, we're pretty much a uh, fly fishing operation, gotcha. uh, and we call spin cast fishing redneck fishing. Yep, yep. <laughs> and and I, I say that lovingly because I come from a long lineage of rednecks. Uh, but we, Watch out, we I resemble that remark. Yeah. <laughs> right. But we... we, we Try to uh, uh, keep it to fly fishing, and we uh, and we pride ourselves in being able to introduce people to fly fishing. We start with uh, going through all the gear, mm-hmm. uh, then all the insects, a little entomology, and then some casting lessons, and then hopefully after that some catching lessons. Yeah, there you go. Well, and then we can on a on a river that size, you don't have to be able to throw it, to, um, you know, one hundred and fifty feet. Yeah. Yes, sir. That, you're exactly right. We're making short casts. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, we keep our leaders quite short here uh, because we're only making 10, 15 casts mm-hmm. or 10, 15 foot casts, I yeah. should say. Mm-hmm. And, and so we don't we keep our leaders down to six and seven feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't. So it's easier to make these short casts. Mm-hmm. People catch on really fast. What do you do? Most a, people do. Yeah. Do a lot of nymph fishing or uh, um, top top water. Uh, well, it, it depends on what, what time of the year it is. Uh, yeah. There's not really much of a hatch going on. We've already had some uh, freezes okay. early in the morning. Okay. Uh, and I'm, once again, I'm standing out at the okay. river right now, and there's uh, a little Jeff, pico Jeff, hatch it looks coming like, on. It looks like we ran, right out, now. we ran out of time, but uh, you want to go to uh, Fagan's Fly Fishing on, on Facebook, right? Go fishing.
The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Vagabundos del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we have on the line with us somebody I'm kind of anxious to talk to. And it's uh, uh, Dan, is, is it Ponciano? How do you pronounce your last name? Ponciano. Yes, oh, okay. That's right. And I'm anxious to get into the subject that, uh, that we're going to be talking about today. Um, I believe that... Uh, Sturgeon is one of the most interesting fisheries uh, 
anywhere. And there's different types of them, and I'm not certainly a sturgeon expert, but uh, you know, some of them will get to be uh, about eight feet long, 800 pounds, uh, and I guess the, that's the beluga that uh, are the really big ones, and then there's other varieties that are smaller. And what which uh, is it? The white uh, sturgeon that you that you normally chase? Yep, the white sturgeon are what we have the the biggest number of, and there are a few greens in the system. Mm-hmm. And of course, they've been protected for quite a while, and uh, pretty easy to tell the difference in the two. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, first of all, I I have I I don't know I've never tried it, but um, again, sturgeon are. Um, well, the Columbia River is in basically that area, in some of the tributaries, you know, are really the prime areas for sturgeon, right? Absolutely. The, the Columbia River's got the biggest population in the on the west side of the United States. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we've the Willamette River's got a pretty good population, which is a tributary of the, the of the Columbia. Mm-hmm. And as far as the, the areas that I fish are pretty much the, the first 150 miles of the Columbia mm-hmm. and, uh, and, of course, the, the tributary of, of the Willamette as well. Mm-hmm. And I was just going to say, I, I haven't done it, but I suspect that if you were to take, and Frank, let's see what your thoughts are on this. If you were to take a, a group of 100 anglers in a room and say, okay, whoever's caught a sturgeon, raise your hand. I doubt if you'd have more, maybe more than one or two people raise their hand. Yeah, that's that's probably pretty accurate. Uh, yeah, the, the the clients that I get on the river are typically, you know, people that that do fish all over the world, and mm-hmm. and it's kind of a bucket list fishery. But mm-hmm. there's uh, of the of the anglers that I've fished over the years that you know I would consider top notch travelers mm-hmm. and destination fishery folks um there's very few places that you can have the the opportunity that mm-hmm. that we have here where shoot in prime prime time fishing you're going to catch 30 plus a day pretty easy with the fish averaging you know 80 pounds yeah well the uh they're talking about uh there are slot limits and it is possible uh to harvest um uh, Sturgeon, but uh, it, it, normally it's more like a bass. You don't, you don't, you don't chase them for food. You chase them for sport. Exactly. Yeah. They've, they've One thing I really need to get out of you real quick before we get too late in the time. I need you to give out your web page and how to get in touch with you up there. No problem. Um, my web page is Columbia River Fishing. All is one word. Columbia River Fishing dot com. Um, Phone number is 360-607-8511, and uh, you can reach me just about any time. And I will mention again, um, any time that you hear something that you didn't write it down, and most people don't, uh, is you can go to the website and listen to the show as many times as you want and take notes or pick up what you want and move around wherever you want to. But uh, the, um, the other thing about sturgeon is they can... You know the ones that are the whites. I don't. Know, how long do they live? I know that some sturgeon uh, will live up to a hundred years. Well, they 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 claim that there has been fish that have lived upwards of a hundred years. It's it's probably a little more 
average life expectancy to be in the 60 to 65 mm -hmm. year old range. And of course, as far as spawning fish, they're roughly 20 years old before they spawn. Oh, okay. And then we're looking at another, you know, as long as three to seven years before they have a second cycle. Mm -hmm. so that's, well, again, that's, that's, that, that's all the more reason not to, you know, not to harvest them. Yep. Yep, that's true. And he is the foremost on catch and release, aren't you? I've been beating that drum for quite a while. I mean, I'm I'm definitely not a a, a guy that does not harvest critters, both fishing and hunting. I I like the the opportunity, and and I I do like to harvest animals. But uh, with this particular species, we've we've been beating on them for quite a while, and and they're not. Com completely endangered or anything like that, but with with proper handling and and just a little little more time to let let the fish grow through the cycles and mm -hmm. the broodstock, mm -hmm. you can have an ongoing fishery that. Well, yeah, if you if you, you know, if you if you take one, it takes forty years to replace it. Yep, you got it. Mm -hmm. uh. Well, give us uh, some techniques on how you do. Um, I, I've, I've, I have fished for it, um, and I actually even caught one once. And there's, uh, and, you know, I'm certainly not an expert at it, but they're kind of like a catfish, and seems they usually like to find holes. And when you when they come up the, out of, come up out of the hole is, is when you normally have your best shot. Is that right? Well, there's there's quite a bit of water that's different in the Columbia River as far as lower river has a lot of really shallow spots and it's actually more sand flats and in places where the tide comes in and out and in the uh, crayfish, sand shrimp, all the goodies that they like to eat. Um, they'll literally you can catch them a lot of times in two, three, four foot of water is really exciting because they don't have anywhere to go but up. And then, um, and that's more summer fishing when you're in the shallow water. Mm -hmm. um, winter time and colder water temps. Typically fishing deeper holes. Well, now they will uh, come from the ocean into fresh water, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah they, but they the, travel back and forth. But with, the, with the with the with the dams on the Columbia, is that a hindrance? You see uh, them go right they, up. They move fish between between the dams, but uh, the first. 150 miles from the mouth of the river to the Bonneville Dam. <clears throat> They've done some pretty extensive tagging over the years to try to figure out how, how fast the fish are growing and where they travel to. Mm -hmm. And um, there's been fish tagged in the Columbia River that were, um, were caught again in San Francisco Bay and as oh. far north as Alaska. Oh. They, there's, there's a great deal to learn from these fish. and. Mm -hmm. And they definitely travel hmm. wherever they need to go for the food. Well, is it would be pretty rare to find one in the ocean, though, wouldn't it? Um, I don't think that it's that rare to find them in the ocean. It, catching them is just different techniques as mm -hmm. far as most of the guys are, are not fishing right on the bottom in, in the ocean. And yeah. with with that said, I didn't, you know, I'm not saying nobody's ever done that. Mm -hmm. I, I've focused on the river and... and uh, you know, feel like that's where, mm -hmm. where I've got a little insight to the... Well, they're, the they're kind of a, a sucker fish, so, you know, I, I, they don't even have teeth, do they? They don't, but they're they're absolutely not just the bottom feeders. Mm -hmm. You know, you can catch them on a 
on a moving bait. You can catch them on a live bait. You can catch them on lures. I mean, we've caught lots and lots of them over the years. Salmon fishing and uh, back trolling with quick fish. They, I don't know if it's the sardine wrap or, or what, but they'll they'll definitely eat a suspended bait. Uh-huh. The only one I ever hooked was on a fly, and I, it was accidentally snagged. Huh. <laughs> And I didn't get it in. I got to see it, and that was good yeah. enough. Well, were you, for me. Were, were you throwing at it, or was it just dumb luck? Dumb luck. Yeah. I was I was doing a swing there by the Deschutes and the Columbia right there, and I was mm-hmm. throwing. I don't know if you can still fish there or not, uh, right in that spot. You used to, yep, you could. You can still fish right in, in the Columbia River, right in front of the Deschutes. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. There, there's some nice sturgeon in there. I, I just dumb luck was dri- uh, doing my swing, and, and I felt something. I set the hook, and I, I got to see it. That's as much as I yeah. could do, yeah, pretty, and then it broke me off. They're, they're I was pretty, fishing they're pretty, for they're, king. They're, they're very powerful. Oh, God, are they? They're like a freight train. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you take uh, clients out, what method do you normally use, uh, Dan? Well, typically we're, of course, fishing out of a boat. Um, more times than not, we're anchored up with a with a sliding sinker and a you know two foot leader somewhere in that area. And uh, anything from sand shrimp, smelt. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a variety of baits that you can use. Well, I thought I thought it was typical to use stinky bait, like uh, for catfish or something. No, no. There's there are people that use rotten bait. Salmon, that kind of thing, but um, fresh is always the best. Whether mm-hmm. it's fresh anchovy, fresh sand shrimp, mm-hmm. fresh smelt, um, mm-hmm. whatever natural food that they've got in the river at the time is is far and away the best bait. Well, again, you know, there's not that many people. There's you know, not a lot of people fish for them, but there's very few people that have actually caught a, you know, a, 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 especially a, a, a legal, but. Uh, uh, it sounds like your success rate to take people out is very high. Well, we I happen to be fortunate in that I'm, I'm fishing on the Columbia River and yeah. Columbia and the Willamette right here locally okay. are some pretty impressive okay. sturgeon fishery. Now, we're going to have to take off, but if somebody wants to take the opportunity, would they, would they go to Vancouver? Um, yeah, you can. I, I live in Vancouver, of course, right across the mm-hmm. from Portland. Yeah. So for your flying in Portland International, Make, makes it's it easy. the easiest yeah. way. And okay. If you're driving, it's just straight up I-5. Perfect. All right, Dan, we're going to have to let you go. We appreciate that. And, again, it's it's Columbia River Fishing, all one word, ColumbiaRiverFishing.com. That's it. All right, Dan, thanks. Very interesting. A few years ago, a sailor set out to design a boat shoe that was comfortable and stable, non-skid, and wouldn't mark the decks. Today, these incredibly comfortable shoes are worn by anglers, boaters, professional guides, and charter captains. Go to softscience.com to see more. Soft Science shoes and boots are lightweight and shock-absorbent with just the right level of support. Several styles come in all sizes. Enjoy the Soft Science shoe in the water and out. Check them out at softscience.com. 
It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. Alaskan RV Butler, guiding, fishing, hiking, sightseeing, adventure. The Alaskan RV Butler, like a cruise on wheels in the comfort of an RV, view the wonders of Alaskan interior, streams, ocean, and wildlife, or fish for the big one, all while pampered by Mike, the Alaskan RV Butler. Mike's inclusive tours serve butter-drenched shellfish and mouthwatering steaks. Mike is your personal chef, chauffeur, guide, and planner. And for the real Alaska, contact MikeRVButler at gmail.com. That's MikeRVButler at gmail.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and of course we have Frank Selby. And uh, Frank and I have a mutual friend, and his name is Dave Jacobs. And he fishes the Sacramento River. And wait until you hear some of the stories that uh, he's got going today and in the, in the last week. Unbelievable. And uh, I have to say, uh, it's, what was it, about two years ago, I guess, uh, that I fished with you, Dave? Yeah, we've hooked you up November, December-ish for the late fall salmon run yeah. on the Sacramento River. And, uh, and uh, it, it was... It's it quite well. Now, yeah, well, apparently you always do well. But uh, it, does I recall, were we uh, back trolling? That's what we're doing today, guys. Yeah. We're back trolling sardine wrap flatfish and uh, specially cured roe for the Oh, so it's like wrapped in bacon, huh? Uh, well, <laughs> You're terrible. Yeah. 
bacon. Everybody loves bacon. I have yeah. never used it for salmon, but I yeah. wouldn't doubt it wouldn't work. Yeah, but the herring wrap. So it actually is. You take a, a, a herring fillet and wrap it around the uh, the lure. Never know. Yeah, I'll have to bring you back up and get yeah. it to okay. bring There you go. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. When Frank and I went up to Alaska and you know, in the end of July, and the the water te- or the temperature up there is about ten degrees above normal, the ambient temperature and the water temperature, and so the the fishing was probably the worst I've seen in fifteen years. We still caught fish, but uh, yeah, it was it, but it was it was pretty uh, tough because of the water temperature. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I let's get back to how good the salmon fishing is up there right now. Well, California is the place to be, guys. We're in Northern California on the Sacramento River, just north of the city of Sacramento, and uh, we've already got a fish box of adult salmon to 22 pounds already, and we've already lost three or four others we've had wow. online. So, doing really well today. Yeah. yeah What's yeah. the best time of the year to come up to fish? Uh, this, the fall run would be September and October, and then the next run is November and December. Okay. And the average king on the river this time of year is what? Uh, 18 to 22-pound average. Wow, an average. Wow. That's yeah, huge. Big, Man, yeah, that, and then your big ones will be tipping the scales 30 to 40 pounds. Wow, that's that's a lot of fillet. Yeah. Well, you know the California state record came out of this river, and it was 88 pounds. Well, well you know, just so, out of curiosity, it may have come out of that river, but doesn't the, the Kenai strain... Uh, all of the really big ones actually come from there originally, that, or that, the Kenai strain? No, the Kenai kings are native to the Kenai. They're, that's one of the, the few strains of salmon that are, are native, no hatchery inter- interference. Mm-hmm. That's why they're so big. A lot of those kings come back six, seven years. You know, they're huge kings in that Kenai River. Oh, huge. yeah. Yeah. But... Uh, the uh, the Sacramento man that is well besides the uh, Kings what do you what else is in there? We got a uh, beautiful run of striped bass. bass. Mm-hmm. We've got white sturgeon. We've got American oh. dad, steelhead, and we've got four runs of king salmon. Wow! Wow! Not a better river to fish. Wow! Lots lots of fish to fish for here. And uh, you're right above Sacramento. How far north of Sacramento? Uh, sometimes we're in downtown Sacramento, and then other times we're north of Sacramento, about an hour, hour and fifteen minute drive north on Interstate yeah. Five. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's that uh, there's a lot of areas where that river that uh, the public doesn't really have access to. That's correct. You want to be in one of these big, powerful, comfortable jet boats. We've got big twenty-two foot, twenty-four foot power boats. We can fit four to six anglers on board, and we got access to the entire river with this uh, this jet boat. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't there you know private properties and special permits on parts of that, the river? There is. I have a couple of access points, but most of the the private access spots we have are going to be you know the, the, to the public or the public launches. There's lots of good public uh, access as far as boat launches go, but the uh, the uh, private property. There's so many good fishing holes along the private property that mm-hmm. uh, you really want to be in one of these jet sleds. Mm-hmm. And well, that's because uh, you can. You, water is pretty shallow, or can be. Yeah, you want a jet sled. You have. You don't know the river. There's a lot of gravel bars, sandbars, and there's a lot of obstructions like tree snags. 
and it changes every year. Yeah. And uh, what uh, the fish you caught today, what method were you using? The methods were, were back bouncing. We've been back bouncing our sardine uh, wrap lures, and we've also been bouncing all day, too. So we're Bounce, I'm sorry, what was the second one? Uh, the the salmon cured roe. We're using oh. the roe from the salmon that we specially cure, and we've been back bouncing. Now, we've had some pretty good luck with the roe today, as well with the lures. Uh-huh. So you, you would you do me a favor and put you give me your website one more time? I'm writing it in my things to do this year. <laughs> you got it, guys. So the website's real easy. SacramentoFishing.com. We like those. Yeah. That'll take you right to Dave Jacobs' page. It's Dave Jacobs Professional Guide Service. SacramentoFishing.com it has the phone numbers. It comes right to my phone. I'll take care of you, take care of whoever calls. I'll get you all lined mm-hmm. up and get you on one of these uh, beautiful Sacramento River King Salmon trips. Well, now, if somebody wants to come up there, would, uh, would, where, would, would they stay in Sacramento or, you know, depending on where you're going to fish or do you have accommodations oh, yeah. for people? Yeah, I got, I got a lot of really nice little towns close to Sacramento they can stay at. Real easy to find us, real easy to get to the boat launch. You just bring a lunch, you just bring a fishing license, and I provide everything else, and we'll get you out there for the King Salmon. Wow. Well, at the price of king salmon, you get a couple. But what's the what's the limit on them? Uh, the limit on the Sacramento River always is uh, two fish per person. This year, they were talking about a low return, so they reduced it to one fish. But uh, our fishermen have been having a great time catching salmon all day. There's so many fish in the river. Yeah. Uh, the so that's uh, that's one in posi- that's, that's one in possession, right? No, two in possession. Everybody's oh. allowed to have two fish in possession, mm-hmm. one per day. Uh, on a, well, you get a twenty. Really? Th- you get a twenty thirty yeah. pound salmon. That's that's. You don't need a lot more than that. No, that's not a full day to take home, guys. And like I said, we're just we just release them and try to get those twenty plus pounders. Mm-hmm. Wow, no, that's that's incredible. And uh, I know that uh, Frank, have you, have you fished with uh, Dave Jacobs? No, I haven't. I, I know of him. I know of his partner. So we've been friends uh, as part of, I say partner, friend, for a lot of years. But yeah, I'm going to been, maybe next year. Yeah, we started in 1985, guys. That's when yeah. the mm-hmm. professional guide service started. And we've been here in Northern California. And now we have expanded and we're guiding in Southern Oregon as well. So Southern Oregon, Northern yeah. California, yeah, I can tell you from personal experience that uh, not only is Dave an incredible angler, probably one of the best uh, salmon catchers on the Sacramento River, but besides that, he's just a really nice guy. Well, thank you. Uh, it depends on, I guess if the fish are biting, I'm, I'm a lot nicer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not worrying so much after they get a couple on the line. Yeah. No, when the pressure's off. You know, every day is a new day, but we've been doing really well this year. This is a great year to come salmon fishing. If you like king salmon, these are beautiful, fresh kings, and the fillets are just bright orange. You'll just love what you're taking home. And there's still plenty of time this year to get up there. Yes, there is. Yeah, we got a whole other run coming in November, December. Mm Mm-hmm. And and what, tell us a little bit about now. Striped bass are also a lot of fun to catch, and those uh, they also are very tasty uh, fish. 
Yeah, we, we do have a uh, spring run of striped bass that come in from the salt water. They move up to spawn, and that's in uh, late March, all of April, and early to mid May. That mm-hmm. striped bass. Mm-hmm. Those are two, two stripers per person, and uh, they run up to 50 pounds. Whoa. That yeah, would be huge. Big, I didn't even know they got that big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your big ones are between the 20 and 50 pound class, and your males are, you know, most of the ones that we catch and keep are between. I'd say six to eight pounds all the way to 15 to 20 pounds. Those mm-hmm. are your average males mm-hmm. um, that we like to, to hold on to every day. And that's going on really strong. That's a beautiful weather, a beautiful river, and lots and lots of fish to catch and take home. And do you use a similar method uh, on the striped bass as you do for the salmon? Uh, no, we use some live bait and we use some lure techniques, but it's, it's, it's not as much... Uh, like the salmon techniques. Mm-hmm. We do catch stripers. Believe it or not, I'm catching stripers right now, uh, resident stripers on my salmon tackle. But mm-hmm. uh, during striper season, we use some different tactics. And mm-hmm. uh, it's easy for the beginner fishermen and the expert fishermen. We do mm-hmm. very well catching stripers. Well, is there a legal uh, uh, season for those, or does it make any difference? They're open all day, all night, year-round. You catch mm-hmm. striper bass. Sacramento River, mm-hmm. and uh, the best month, like I said, is April and May. Those top mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we're going to take a break in about uh, thirty seconds or so. But uh, Frank, do you have another question? We're going to. Uh, uh, Frank said he'd stay over and with, visit with us for a couple more minutes after the break. But uh, do you, sure. have any, you have any other uh, comments, uh, Frank? Not right now. Okay. <laughs> All righty. But, no, that sounds that sounds pretty exciting. And the nice thing is is that uh, it's so easy to get there. I mean, you can fly into Sacramento from real easy from just about anywhere. Yeah, we also have commercial flights in the Redding, mm-hmm. California. You can fly into Redding, and then south? you're only yeah. 30 minutes from the Wow. Yeah, that's that's a, that's another beautiful part of the world. You know, even even if you're not catching, it's it's a beautiful place to be. Okay, we're going to take a just a, a quick break. Stay tuned. Remember to go to fishtalkradio.com and listen to the show as many times as you want. The soft science footbed absorbs the shock of pounding waves, engine vibration, and even rocky terrain. Soft science shoes are roomy and relaxed, and they drain and dry quickly. Check out the soft science fin fishing shoes and boots and the fin H2O for kayaking and canoeing. They're lightweight, slip resistant, and won't mark your deck. See the new styles for men and women and get your pair on at softscience.com. by fishermen who know where to get the best fishing gear around, AFTCO makes the highest quality fishing rod components worldwide. If it says AFTCO, you know you have a quality rod. Guy Harvey Clothing, the best outdoor clothing line anywhere, is also available through AFTCO. Longest lasting, functional, and best looking clothing you'll be proud to wear. Only the very best materials and workmanship. As soon as you put it on, you'll know the difference. Look for AFTCO at quality retailers or go to AFTCO.com. Great news. You can now watch Grizz's shows wherever you are, whenever you want, on all your mobile devices. Download the Grizz Channel app today. 
Enjoy an adventure during that boring wait at the doctor's office. Or while you're sitting at the airport waiting for your next flight. Just go to your phone, tablet, or even Kindle app store or iTunes and download it today. And when you get home, you can watch The Grizz on your big screen on Roku. Catch The Grizz next adventure today. John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan and Frank Selby and our good friend Dave Jacobs. Uh, Dave, we're just talking during the, during the break a little bit. Um, it sure makes it easy, especially if you're flying somewhere, uh, just to get on the boat and everything's there. But a lot yeah. of times people really want to use their own gear if they've got it. And they, you know, that when you use your own rod and, you know, when you look at the rod and brings back fond memories. Um, what would you recommend for as far as the gear other than the, the t- terminal tackle? Well, for your king salmon for back bouncing, I like the G. Loomis salmon plug rod. Yeah. Great for back bouncing. These mm-hmm. are... Eight foot two inches, so you can travel with them in a plane legally. You get them in there. They're not. They're a one piece rod. Oh, and they're rated for twelve to twenty five pound test line, and they're rated for heavy lures like a half ounce all the way up to five ounce. Wow. And then, uh, uh, as far as the reel, you what did you? What are you normally fishing? Twenty, thirty pound. Uh, I like the the reels I've been running are the ambassadors. I really, oh, really? like those. Commercial yeah. grade, you know, those the little B- B-casters. Yeah, those are awesome easy, reels. Yeah, easy uh, to work on and, and oil and take care of. And we we, we fill those up with 50-pound Power Pro Superline or yeah. Power Pro Braid. Yeah. And then we're running 30-pound uh, monofilament leader for the lures, and we're running 15-pound uh, uh, fluorocarbon monofilament for the uh, the row hooks. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, pretty and heavy gear. So. You, you you mentioned the uh, 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 cured salmon, and you cure that yourself. I do cure it myself. Over the years, we come up with our own special recipe to cure it and store you, you, you it. Use and, procure, uh, you use procure. You use procure. You make your own. I do. I make my own. I have my own private uh, mix. I use, and right now, believe it or not, I'm fishing eggs that I cured in 2012. Oh. So you so just these keep... are and they're fishing great today. We've been doing great oh, on wow. that. So you just just as long as they're sealed, uh, sealed airtight, huh? Well, I do. I cure it, then I freeze it, then I vacuum seal it. Once oh. it's vacuum sealed and frozen, it lasts 
for many, many years. Oh. The older it is, it seems like the better it is. I'm yeah. using 2012 eggs. They're six years wow. old, and mm-hmm. they're catching fish. And what do you, when you use the, the salmon eggs, do you, do you string them, or do you put them in a little, uh, a little bag, or how do you use them? Uh, these are on a, a, a smell knot. I smell the oh. in the egg loop knot. I just cut off a chunk in the skein of the egg, and I put it right in the center of that loop, and I just attach it to the shank of the hook. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're fishing off the bank, you would use the netting. That would be, you know, the mailing netting. The pink's a really hot color up here. Yeah. Uh, pink, pink netting. You would make a small row ball, put a puff ball inside, and uh, give yourself a little extra color and give yourself a little bit of flotation to keep your hook out of the rocks. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, the... the, the the cure that you use, they can be, they, they 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 come out you know like bright orange like a salmon egg. Uh, the steelhead, the natural cure. So the steelhead row and trout row is bright uh, or is natural orange, and then my salmon row is a deep dark red. Mm-hmm. The deeper dark red, the better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the other thing is that we mentioned real quick. Um, there, there's nothing like local knowledge. And usually, anytime, I always recommend, if somebody's fishing a, a new river, they spend at least the first day with a guide. But, uh, you know, it's even where you're at, the river changes, you know, f- frequently. So even if somebody that knows the river, uh, they don't know it like people that go out every day. And if you want yeah, to Yeah, I, I do travel out. Whenever, before the season start, I'll travel out and look for the sandbars, travel bars, and the tree snakes. A lot of, like one of my favorite salmon holes, the river changed direction completely. It goes to yeah. the left now, it doesn't even go well, that Well, I way. remember when I was with you, you, you were coming up on a rock and you said, there's going to there's gonna be a salmon right over there. And sure enough, there was. <laughs> I mean, you, <laughs> you, you, you know where they're at. And yeah, uh, you, because you, you think like day. a fish, right? But uh, we really appreciate you uh, joining us, Dave. And that sounds so exciting. Remember, there's still time to get up there and just go to sacramentofishing.com. All one word. Yep. All right. Great job, Dave. We're looking forward to trying to get up there again. You are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. And uh, go to fishtalkradio.com. Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine. This is John Hennigan, and this is Fish Hunt Talk Radio, and you can always go to fishhunttalkradio.com or just fishtalkradio.com will put you there, and we'd like you to go to the front page and... Yeah, by the time you're um, able to hear this, you can go to the front page and just right on the front page and just, uh, uh, says, I think it says previous shows, just click this one or any previous ones that you, um, there's a little description of what, what they are. And there's a lot of good stuff there. So if you missed one, or uh, a lot of times there's information that, uh, People don't tend to listen to the radio and take notes. But it makes it real easy because you can go back and listen to it as many times as you want and, and uh, pick up what you lost and get some uh, contact information. And it makes it real simple. And we would also like to hear from some people out there. If anybody's interested in 
any type of an adventure, hunting or fishing, um, we talk to a lot of people, and we got a lot of friends out there, and normally we can uh, take care of whatever you want uh, by somebody that, that we know, that we can trust, and uh, probably get you a, a good deal on it. So uh, please do that and get in touch with us. You can go to, uh, you can just go to John at fishtalkradio.com if you want, or just go to the website and you can contact us. It's pretty simple. And we've got uh, our next trip that we're putting together is to Cuba, and we'll be releasing details shortly, but its uh, plan is December 1st. Now, the problem is we can only take 10 people, and I think we've already got five. So if anybody's interested, you better get in. Uh, you know, the details are not finalized, but it's probably going to be around $3,400 for, um, for six days seven nights and that would be three days fishing for the flats and then blue water and spend some time in Havana and a little bit of sightseeing so uh, make sure you think about that and pay attention we'll be talking about that some more but later uh, right now uh, we have Scott we have Scott not yet not yet going for a break oh that's right and uh, anyway we'll be back with you in just a couple of minutes we got some very interesting stuff coming up years ago, a sailor set out to design a boat shoe that was comfortable and stable, non-skid, and wouldn't mark the decks. Today, these incredibly comfortable shoes are worn by anglers, boaters, professional guides, and charter captains. Go to softscience.com to see more. Soft Science shoes and boots are lightweight and shock absorbent with just the right level of support. Several styles come in all sizes. Enjoy the Soft Science shoe in the water and out. Check them out at softscience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. If you are still using a plastic hard shell cooler, things have changed for the better. AO coolers are lighter with twice the efficiency of the traditional bulky coolers. AO coolers are the best available soft-sided cooler with three-quarter inch high-density closed-cell foam insulation. They will keep ice frozen for 24 hours in hot weather. Easy to carry, less space, it fits product inside for better performance. Go to aocoolers.com to order or find a retailer available at West Marine. The road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway. So your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back motor trend truck of the year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. 
Alaskan RV Butler. Guiding, fishing, hiking, sightseeing, adventure. The Alaskan RV Butler. Like a cruise on wheels in the comfort of an RV. View the wonders of Alaskan interior, streams, ocean, and wildlife. Or fish for the big one. All while pampered by Mike, the Alaskan RV Butler. Mike's inclusive tours serve butter-drenched shellfish and mouth-watering steaks. Mike is your personal chef, chauffeur, guide, and planner. And for the real Alaska, contact Mike RV Butler at gmail.com. That's Mike RV Butler at gmail.com. He's a great American fisherman. He'll fish anywhere. Anywhere there's water, Lord knows he'll be there. He's just like a gypsy, mighty hard to hold. Great American fisherman got fishing in his soul. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we have the pleasure of Scott Brown with us. And Scott is, if I can remember correctly, the Western Regional Promotional Manager for, well, it's basically Chrysler Corporation, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, um, and then yeah. you also, you know, some of the other fiat items and the alphas. And so he's got a very, uh, very exciting job. Um, Scott, this normally September, back in the old days, you know, they do model changes every year. And you definitely tell the difference. Well, those days are long gone. Matter of fact, it's hard to even tell what country a, a vehicle is made in now. <laughs> but uh, but uh, um, I know that you guys have come up with some interesting things that are very exciting. You know, last time we were on, I think you talked about that uh, 800 horsepower. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, Do- the Hellcat Red Eye. Yeah. Dodge Hellcat Red Eye. And you say, well... What in the world would you want that for? And the answer is because I can, right? Right, right. Especially here on the West Coast, when we get these uh, nice open roads, and yeah. you know, it's a great—that's a great road tra- car. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, well, tell us some of the other things that uh, uh, that you guys are working on that you that you want to tell us about. Yeah, so, um, John, the, the, the company actually is Fiat Chrysler, and we've been Fiat Chrysler since two thousand and nine, since. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the merger of Fiat out of Italy and then Chrysler, yeah. um, the Chrysler Group, which at that time was Chrysler, Jeep, and Dodge. Ram has been broken away from Dodge, so it's Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, mm-hmm. and now add into that Fiat, add into that, um, you know, Alfa Romeo, Maserati is part of the family. Oh. So we've we've got some of the, the funnest, most passionate products on the planet. Feel lucky to have the job that I do. Yeah, these um, are these are real manly vehicles and I'm sure that women love them. But yeah. uh, especially these days. A lot yeah, of those, yeah. But uh they are yeah, they are just so impressive and this is a personal opinion, but Chrysler went through some times where I, the products just really weren't that great. And and then when uh when you know the downturn and when uh, um, Mercedes bought them out, we thought, oh well, that's going to make a big difference. But they didn't do too well with it. But uh, when Fiat took over, wow, what a yeah. difference! In yeah, the, the it, quality. It, it, actually, it has been great with Fiat. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's the products are better now than they've ever been. Yeah, Chrysler always has had a great reputation for some pretty wild and great designs, and and maybe a little bit let down on the interiors and some other things. But right now. Um, yeah, clicking on all cylinders, some great stuff. 
it's interesting how you mentioned that. Yeah, it used to be there used to be a single date on the calendar when we did the model year changeover. Well, you know, we're, we've learned that to change everything over all at one time, all on the same date, doesn't work. And so you see things kind of spread throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, we launched a new 2019 Ram truck earlier this year. Um, you know, in late spring, early summer. Well, right now I'm in the midst of launching that truck again with a new powertrain, and it's uh-huh. a mild hybrid powertrain. So it's a it's uh-huh. a 1500 light duty truck. Um, you know that we and you we've talked about the diesel motor, and that gets that gets a 1500. Uh, you know, a light duty truck gets close to 30 miles per gallon. Um, well, now, that's two different things. The diesel is one, and then the hybrid's another. Right? Correct. Okay. okay yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry about that. No. Um, well, tell it now. When you say a, a mild hybrid, can you t- explain what that means? You know, I can. And you know, what that means is that a lot of times when you have a regular hybrid, you have a big battery pack that is driving electric motors that can can drive the vehicle. Uh, you know, um, separately from the gas motor. But mm-hmm. basically, when you have a hybrid, you have an electric powertrain and you have a gas powertrain, and they kind of work independently either one can drive the wheels typically um or they work together in such a way but you know it's a mild hybrid which is what the ram truck has this ram 1500 basically what you're doing you've got a smaller battery pack and you take the alternator on the car and you replace that with with an electric motor this electric this electric motor that replaces the starter or it replaces the alternator has about 130 pound feet of torque um that uh, that electric motor is connected via a belt right to the the crankshaft on on the truck and so when you when you stop when you when you go to deaccelerate when you take your foot off the gas, the truck will shut down. Fuel delivery shuts down. Um, so when you're sitting at a at a stop sign, um, at a stoplight, the truck will not be running. And then as soon as you start to lift your foot off the gas pedal, that electric motor can fire the engine up. And a gas motor is least efficient when, 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 it's, starting. It's, yeah. when it's starting, right? Mm-hmm. So now you have this electric motor that operates very efficiently at zero RPM, and it gets the truck moving, which is the least inefficient time that, the, that a, at any vehicle operates. Mm-hmm. And so you've got this 120, 130-pound foot of torque battery pack that's driving this motor that gets the truck moving, that smooths out shift points, that assists the motor. Now, the motor is ultimately what's driving the drivetrain, what's driving the wheels. And this, ele- this mild hybrid electric powertrain assists the engine on shift points and on start-stop. Oh. And so, you know, it's basically working in conjunction with a gas motor. When a gas motor is least efficient, this electric motor jumps in and assists. Now, and and we're, we're finding about a 10% gain in fuel economy, mm-hmm. which is, you know, you know, two miles per gallon, roughly. Yeah. Well, when it drops your price of gas t- uh, by 10%, yeah. that's significant these days. Right. Right. And so, you said that the, the uh, alternator is replaced with, with a... Uh, uh, electric motor, and it's still an alternator, right? 
Um, well, yeah, well, that motor, that, that, yes, you know, it, 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 it there's still, there's still um, a 12 volt battery system that's going to run all of the accessories on the car. But now there's a 48 volt battery pack. Oh, that, that, that this, whenever you have an electric motor, that it can actually either generate, you know, electricity or, or it can, you know, it, right. it runs in reverse. It runs right. both directions. Right. So that means when you're running it, you're charging the batteries. Yes, exactly. So you, you know, know when you're when you're deaccelerating, now you're you know you're recapturing under braking. This thing's going to run in reverse, and it's going to you know have resistance, and it's going to help slow the vehicle down, and it's going to be regenerating that battery. Wow! Um, so you so, don't yeah. you don't have to have one of those huge expensive battery packs. Well, you could argue that this has more battery packs because it's going to have the forty-eight volt system, and then it's going to have a separate twelve volt system. Mm-hmm. So um, it's got it's got two completely different battery systems. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it's it's an exciting time. You know the car industry right now with these uh, alternative powertrains, with diesel, with with hybrids, with electrics. You know with the technology, with autonomous cars and and semi-autonomous and all of the safety features. There's never been a more exciting time in the auto industry. It's yeah. just I tell you things are changing almost on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And then, and what uh, was that? Uh, a small V eight that it, that runs the the, the so, so fifteen hundred. That 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 what we call e torque system. You know, this mild hybrid is standard on our V six Rams, right? So mm-hmm. a three point six liter Pentastar motor. That that system is 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 standard mm-hmm. on our V eight. The Hemi V eight. It, it's an option. Wow. Um, you you can either get it without it. Because we realize that there are going to be some people that don't want that e-torque. They just yeah. want the simple, yeah. you know, the, the, the old system. Right. Um, but you can get it as an option on the Hemi motor. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is exciting. And uh, is that uh, does that add a lot to the expense of the car, the vehicle? You know, it, it, it is a premium. You know, it's, it's uh, you know... And I don't have the prices in front of me. It's not as it's not as expensive as say a diesel motor. You know, mm-hmm. diesels really are expensive. You know, typically about two thousand dollars over just a regular V, yeah, four thousand right. dollars over over okay. six. Um, and I believe this has about a thousand dollars. Well, we, we're going to have to get out of here pretty quickly. But okay. you know, we, you don't have to give us any contact information because there's a dealer in every city. Uh, just yeah. go in and, and kick some tires and look around and maybe take it for a test drive. And tell him to go in and and Scott said I can take it for a test drive, and might even right. get, might even get you a deal. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, that is very exciting. And uh, we're going to have to bring it back on because some of this other stuff that you've got is just phenomenal. You know, and we never did talk about the, uh, we've never talked about the Alphas and the Maseratis and such, too. But uh, yeah. the, but the Fiats, uh, they make a very good car. Very they do. economical. They do. Okay. Nice, small, nice, small, you know, urban commuter cars. There you go. Okay. Yeah, but but they're, they're snappy. Yep, uh, anyway, uh, okay, Scott, we appreciate that. We got to go take a break, and we uh, thank you for coming on.
The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Vagabundos del Mar. Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos Del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month, and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John, and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal, and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. You can't catch fish. 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 I got a little story about a city boy. They came to Wisconsin, up from Illinois, so we can enter. The big fish contest, it's a thousand bucks cash for the biggest and the best, but I told them. Guy, you're making a mistake. You don't stand a chance catching fish on the slate, cause hey, you could pray you want to wish. But let me tell you something, guy, you can't fish. I told you there, guy. Can't catch fish. What do you think you're doing? Can't catch fish. For Christ's sake. You can't catch fish. Go back to Illinois, hey. Can't catch fish. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we have uh, uh, some fun stuff coming up. We have John Prock now, who's Director of Product Development for Berkeley Baits. And, uh, you know, I always say that picture him in a deep in the laboratory, um, and he's got everything that is possible for doing research on catching fish. And, you know, he's responsible for uh, gulp and, uh, um, and more, more recently. And, of course, you know, the, the, the standards. And uh, let's, see what, uh, let's see what he's working on now. Um, John? Yeah, I'm here, John. Thanks okay. for having me on. Well, uh, first of all, you doing any fishing? Oh. 
as often as I can. I just got back from Alaska, John, so what's oh, that tell you? Wow. Where did you go? <laughs> I was up in the southeast, so I was doing a little bit of rockfish and halibut and mm-hmm. ling. Uh, cod fishing, so and it was very good. And the salmon, the silver, the cohos were in. Oh well, we went up uh, uh, the end of July. Took a group up, and the temperature was about ten degrees. The water and the ambient temperature is about ten degrees above normal. And the fishing when we were at a Ketchikan was probably the slowest I've seen it in fifteen years. And we still caught fish, and I still came back with a fifty-pound box. But it was it was t- tougher fishing until we figured out that. You know, Normally, you know, we you go down 30, 40 feet, or uh, put it on a downrigger down 40 up to 60 feet. We weren't, weren't catching anything. We finally ended up went down to 80 feet, and then we really started whacking them. But we, we had to get down into colder water. Yeah, following the bait fish, I'm taking it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, where did you fish out of? Uh, I fished out of that same area, mm-hmm. uh, Petersburg area. Oh yeah, it's just right north of there. Yeah. Beautiful area. So, beautiful yeah, area. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, I assume that you brought some fish home? Uh, yes, my son and I went, and uh, we brought a couple of boxes. So uh, we've been having halibut and salmon and enjoying every succulent bite of it. Well, a couple of things. The, uh, I want to find out what kind of bait you're using and if you've got any recipes for me. Well, the baits are pretty easy. The uh, the halibut, I, I just love vertical jigging them, so I use the 8-inch power grub. Oh. And we're, we're, we're vertical jigging probably, I like to keep it at around 100 feet, so it's a little easier, but we're anywhere from 100 to 350 feet deep mm-hmm. is where we're doing most of our... Wow. And is that all you just put a, like a two-pound weight on it and drop it down? No, we're using like 16-ounce uh, jig heads. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And, and, and you, is it white, pink, or what do you use? Yeah, I, white's my favorite. Um, I hesitate to say this because we don't make it anymore, but our root beer gold was uh, yeah. my next favorite. But the glow works real well, too. Yeah. And the... Uh, um but that's that jig is, is is great for rockfish and link cod, isn't it? Oh, exactly. The the rockfish and uh, yellow eye. Sometimes you got to go a little bit deeper, but I try not to target those. You're only allowed so many anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the uh, the ling cod were doing real well, and the rockfish. There was plenty of them around. I'll tell you what. So you get one of those bigger lings from from Alaska, and <laughs> they're they're pretty scary. Oh, yeah, it looks like they could eat themselves as big as their mouth is, John. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah they do. And they look, uh, those, are, those are, we call them lingosaurus. They, they look prehistoric, and they, you know, they're monsters. And they're, uh, they're eating is, is, they're very, very good. But uh, anyway, tell us about some of the uh, stuff you're working on now. Uh, we're working on expanding uh, uh, some of the lineups, always trying to keep them fresh, adding some... Uh, New colors to the gulp lineup. Uh, not going to be a big year of new shapes or anything for that. Uh, we've got some uh, pro baits that are going to be coming out uh, in the uh, power bait lineup uh, that we're working with some of our pros real closely and designing some things. Um, we've also got uh, uh, some new technologies that we're working on that we aren't really introducing this coming year yet, but in the following year or two, you're going to see some um, interesting things coming out as far as colors and things like that in the gulp area, and uh, just possibly uh, hoping for some breakthroughs. We've got some neat things going on 
you know what we've done with scent and flavor and things like that. We're looking at uh, different things like motion and color and uh, sight and sound and things like that that we're going to try to get into a little bit more also. So as those technologies evolve and we learn more about those like we did with the scent and flavor and the soft baits, you'll see more products coming out uh, as our technologies. Um, we learn more about them the, here in the lab. These are scented heart baits? Is that what they are? Uh, right now, we mainly focus on vibration, uh, frequency and action and sound of the, the hard baits. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scent and flavor thing is always something we're looking at. And so any of that type of stuff is possible. I can't really comment on the exact things until I'm a little bit closer to launch, but uh, know that we're looking at all of those and that here in the near future we'll have some things that will be, uh, I'll say, just as uh, – um, breakthrough is like the the power bait and the gulp products. Well, John, it's such a pleasure to talk to a real scientist that 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 you know it's not uh, um, just uh, someone's opinion. But one of the things I've always been curious about is the range of smell. Now I've heard that you put uh, uh, say a half a salmon on the bottom of the um, the ocean, and halibut will come from half or a mile uh, following the scent. Uh, do you have any idea how far the scent will travel? Uh, I, you're correct, John. But different species of fish have different uh, detection levels or parts per million they can detect in the water. And we've all heard the old adage, a shark can smell a drop of water, drop of blood, uh, drop yeah. of blood in the water for how many miles away. Really? And uh, depending on the fish, um, they definitely can. And I believe, and I'm not an expert on the halibut, um, but I believe you're correct that they are one that are very quite sensitive to that. Yeah. And that's why the scent and flavor is such a huge deal yeah. in, uh, in our bait. Well, that's why when, you, when you're fishing up there and someone's uh, anchored and they've got to their fishing for a halibut, you don't want to get within a mile of them because you're going to get into their scent and uh, they're not going to be happy about it. <laughs> and up there in Alaska, John, as you well know, there's a lot of days that there will nobody be within sight of you for yeah. a mile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, uh, well, you know, it's funny. I always <laughs> go up there just for fun sometimes. I'll take the net and wave it in the air, and all of a sudden all these boats come from all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Not for salmon. Yeah. but uh, um, And then the um, – so, you, again, we got scent, vibration, and what, you, there was a third one, right? Yeah, uh, we, we – the scent and flavor kind of roll together in an uh-huh. old factory. And that's what we've concentrated on, giving us the power bait and gulp technology. There's uh, vibration and sound. Those are two kind of different things, but oh. they can kind of be rolled together, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you've also got the, the sight, right? Yeah. So you've got color and light and mm-hmm. things like that. And uh, we're trying to spread our wings a little bit and get out in some of the different areas of that uh, technology that we haven't been into in the past, mm-hmm. and uh, we're seeing some unique things show up, and it's helped us in our hard bait technologies with the uh, uh, Flicker series and some of the uh, 
the new bass hard baits well, you've got out there. Another question for you. Uh, I've heard that uh, a fish, you know, when you get down below 30 feet, there's, you know, there's not much light. And when you get down, you know, 100, 120 feet, it's pretty much no light. But I've heard that, uh, you know, some fish can see about 30 times better than the human eye underwater. Yeah, and I believe that to be correct. Like, uh, once again, species uh, determinant on that. It's it's the the way they adapt to their environment is uncanny, and different species, depending on what environment they have to live on or live in, they actually um, have evolved so that they can see better in uh, dark conditions as opposed to light uh-huh. and things like that. So depending on the species of fish that we're talking about, definitely. For instance, catfish can't see near as well as a uh, largemouth bass can type thing, but they rely more on their scent of uh, uh, smell and uh, uh, taste. Uh, Like I try to uh, relate to people, a catfish is like a swimming tongue. They've got taste buds all over the bottom side of their body, on their belly and everything else. Mm -hmm. Whereas a bass only has taste buds on the outs, um, obviously in mm-hmm. his mouth, but he's got a few on the outside of his lips and things like that. Well, a catfish one, 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 other, over. one other question. You talk about sight. Um, I mean, if you made a, a replica, let's say of a trout that looks exactly like a trout, would it work any better than just a, a something, a, 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 a something that has the right to, um, shade or uh, smell? Or, I mean, do they do they really identify a, a bait as you know, distinctive between what it actually is? Uh, fish in general, and I'm going to talk in general, um, actually see contrast better mm-hmm. than they see detail. So mm-hmm. they'll see the, the light and dark contrast better than they can see uh, specific little mm-hmm. dots or right. uh, scale patterns or gills and things like that. Yeah. So that's why a lot of times the different uh, color variations like a black back and a light yeah. belly or the oh, stripes yeah. of mm-hmm. a fire tiger or something. Right, right. Well, it's fascinating to talk to you. i got a million more questions, but looks like we've just about used up our time. So we always appreciate having you on. And you said you're working on some stuff that uh, you'll be out with shortly, so we'll have to get back with you and find out some more. Please do, John. I'll be happy to talk with you, and it's always a pleasure. And you can always go to, uh, you know, Berkeley um, Bates, and you know, just look it up on the internet. It's probably the best thing to do and get yeah. some ideas. Purefishing.com. Purefishing.com. Yeah, that's where you want to go. Okay, John, we appreciate that taking the time. And you are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to the website, listen to the show, and I'm sure that you want to hear some things that John just told us because this, this is this is not somebody just. Uh, uh, um, um, opinion. This is true science. Okay, we'll be right back with you. Stay tuned. The soft science footbed absorbs the shock of pounding waves, engine vibration, and even rocky terrain. Soft science shoes are roomy and relaxed, and they drain and dry quickly. Check out the Soft Science Fin fishing shoes and boots and the Fin H2O for kayaking and canoeing. They're lightweight, slip resistant, and won't mark your deck. See the new styles for men and women and get your pair on at softscience.com. 
It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. If you think that'll help, you're in for a surprise Cause money Can't buy school, you know the guys and me We can catch a man will against Shad Rat You ain't no match Fish are just something that you can't catch For crying out loud, guy You can't catch fish You can't catch fish You can't catch fish You can't catch fish Built a tug on the line And I didn't pay attention Spinning I was staring at a 10-pound shiny bass When I tried to pull the fish inside I pulled a muscle in my upper thigh I was so scared I threw my rod up in the air Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we have the pleasure of Dennis Foster coming on with us today. Now, Dennis, I'd like to you know, have you introduce yourself, but you'd like to, uh, I guess, uh, you hunt, uh, <coughs> you'd like to hunt pheasant, upland birds, and uh, apparently you're a walleye fisher also out of South Dakota. So why don't you give us yeah. more detail? Okay. Uh, basically, kind of two-tiered in the summer. Uh, I actually uh, have a walleye circuit started on Lake Hawaii, which is one of the impoundments of the Missouri River, uh, the Northern Lake Hawaii Walleye Series, and I fish that and help promote that. And as that wraps up, we start looking more into our upland bird season, which the big thing is pheasants here in South Dakota. We also have uh, some sharp-tailed grouse and a few huns running around, and then we'll concentrate on that. Till mid December or so, and then we turn and uh, go right into ice fishing. Oh well, it's uh, it's about well, it's the middle of September. Is, is there any birds uh, available yet? You know, actually, in uh, the fifteenth, our grouse and uh, Hungarian partridge season is open, mm-hmm. and they're looking <clears throat> very good. Uh, the grouse are very cyclical. Yeah, we've had really good moisture west of the river, meaning west of the Missouri yeah. River. 
And that's where kind of the rangeland starts and more of their grassland habitat. Well, the uh, grouse in particular, they have a tendency to taste like what they eat. Like the sage grouse, um, you know, they're, they can be pretty good, but boy, they sure taste like sagebrush. Yeah, I mean, I tell you, the shrub tails, you know, not so much. I've, I've not had the fortune of, of taking a sage grouse, but the shrub tails, not so much. They're, they're a good eating bird. Mm-hmm. And the. Uh, uh, and pheasant, I guess, are still, like, well, usually you think of um, um, beginning of no, end of October, beginning of November, right? Right, exactly. Traditionally, and I'm sure this will last forever and ever, uh, South Dakota, which is the Mecca, and rightly so, always starts the third weekend in October. Well, no matter where it falls is, there, is there grain fields or corn fields that you normally hunt? Uh, yeah, we got a lot of edge-type stuff, uh, sloughs, we have food plots, you know, obviously CRP where there is that. Uh, this year we're very fortunate in a couple of ways. One is we had an excellent hatch in every, all areas I'm hearing uh-huh. that. It, it isn't spotty, that's kind right. of statewide. And it, then the crops are maturing ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. So, and we'll, barring some crazy rain system that lasted for weeks, I would anticipate all our row crops being harvested by opener, yeah. which is a huge bonus for us because oh, yeah. the birds, they'll hang out in that corner and they got everything they need. they oh, got yeah. overhead cover. They've obviously yeah. got food. They get basically racetracks for rows. Yeah, you know, right. they can run out running. Well, I'll tell you what, if you, you go, so, you go to hunt pheasant in a cornfield, um, those things can outrun a dog and they can make a right turn without slowing down. And they, oh, without yeah. a doubt, and without good dogs, even if you got guys every few rows apart, yeah. as you're walking through the field, and the blockers will see it more than the guys walking, yeah. they'll be popping up behind you, because they'll just pop over two rows and turn around and run right behind you, yeah. and then they get behind you 40, 50 yards, and they fly away. Yeah, yeah, they're, yep. they're, they're not easy, and uh, so I guess that... Well, you know, when they're harvested, of course, all the seeds and grains are, are left on the ground. So that's what uh, that's what they're that's what they love those. Right, right. And they've got an endless food supply. I have hunters sometimes uh, call and say, "Well, do you have food plots?" I say, "Well, the whole eastern part of the state is a food plot." Yeah. Okay. All uh, right. Well, do you ever do you ever uh, do anything to enhance uh, uh, areas that you hunt? Oh, without a doubt. As a matter of fact, I've got a, a project started now where we're working in conjunction with Pheasants Forever. Uh, I'm a principal partner in Focus Outdoors Television and, and once again, do a lot of outdoor writing. So we're going to document uh-huh. our progress in articles and through a couple television shows. Uh-huh. And this particular project, to me, is very interesting, is we've got... Uh, some areas of virgin prairie. It's never been broken. Wow. It's in a plow. And when visiting with the biologist, he said, if you do prescribe burns on that, all the seeds for the original, the good grasses are there, and all the forbs and the flowers and so forth are mm-hmm. there. You just need to start burning that brome off, and that'll give them those a chance to come back and reestablish. Well, you know, I, cooking is a hobby of mine. And, you know, birds, uh, can you give us some tips on some of the different types and the methods that you prefer? I know a partridge, there's a, a, one where you uh, cook it in sauerkraut. But, uh, well, I, 
I, I tell you, there's, it's interesting that you bring that up because I keep things somewhat simple. Uh, the traditional thing, and this is a farm wife thing, is uh, is big roasters or crock pots, mm-hmm. and, and it's a mushroom soup based oh, thing. Yeah. And uh, you know, a lot of times, either have wild rice or rice on the side, or what bird mm-hmm. noodles or what have you. And that's it's very traditional, and it's good. Uh, what I've done for a number of years is I'll take the brass and lay them on a cutting board and actually take a fillet knife and fillet them into even thinner pieces uh-huh. and take and hammer them out. Again. Oh, pound it like, like, then, uh, like veal or something. And you yeah. can do something as, as simple as just dusting them in, in shore lunch. And what I'll do is I'll take a box of regular and a box of Cajun, yeah. mix it together, and it's about the right spiciness. Mm-hmm. But strangely enough, I had some hunters from Phoenix, Arizona, uh, long-time hunters, a fellow brings his college-age sons up every year, and uh, he soaks it in buttermilk overnight. Uh-huh. He basically does the same thing I do, but he soaks those after he cuts them and hammers them out in buttermilk. Is that to get rid? Of, is that to get rid? Of, is that to get rid of game flavor? No, it, you know, and in fish, that's actually kind of what they're trying to do. What it does is it's breaking down the fibers and the oh. brown, and then we then we deep fat fry it, and it, I tell you what, it puffs up. Oh. It becomes larger and it pulls all those fibers apart. And yeah, it, I you, mean, this you, guy taught me something. You, I was burning my mouth and my hands. I couldn't yeah. eat it quick enough coming out of the yeah. truck. <laughs> what, do you soak it overnight in, in buttermilk? Exactly. Yep. And then then you just do the, you know, take your little commercial shaker thing and, mm-hmm. and shake it around and flip the thing over and toss them in oil. And it's that simple. Would you use oil or butter? Or out, oil, butter, uh, oil? Just, or, just uh, oil. Just yeah. oil, and it comes out better yeah. than any popcorn chicken you could yeah. ever imagine. Uh, hopefully peanut oil if you got it. Uh, canola oil works quite well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, what that, that would be for pheasant breasts? Right. Exactly. And what, what about some of the other uh, uh, birds? Um, you know, I'm mostly, not a big waterfall guy. Mostly in crockpots, yeah. Uh, with a propagation of snow geese. Yeah. And I had some the other day, oh, wow. uh, some very good jerky. Some of these guys are becoming very creative mm-hmm. with how to use the birds because yeah. when they get into them, if these guys know what they're doing, it's not uncommon for them to take several hundred geese. Yeah, oh, wow. So they've got a slug of meat to try to do something with, and they're doing the right thing because, quite frankly, we've had some unethical people, and you'll find the darn things in a ditch. Oh, yeah, well, that's, that, that's stupid. Yeah, it is, and it makes us all look bad. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. Yeah, I mean, well, you just you don't you never shoot something just to kill it. Uh, and exactly. Especially, especially and something. The, that, well, and they end up with so many of them, and then they start getting a kind of a stupid mentality. Oh, uh, well, well, ship them to me. I'll take them. And speaking of that, yeah, is, there you go. Is uh, you know one of the things about hunting um, wild game and, and, and you know especially fowl is that uh, cooking is a hobby of mine, and you can't you can't buy it. I mean, you can you can get pheasant, you can get geese, but you can't get uh, wild Canadian geese, and and uh, you know pheasant's not easy to come by either. But it's it's just completely different, completely different flavor, and a completely different thing. And the the, the wild geese don't have as much fat either, do they? No, they sure don't. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, I had a friend stop over Saturday, and our early season, we have reduction seasons on the Canadians because there's too many of them. Oh, really? And uh, 
Yeah, and then he basically made up jerky within within a day, and it was excellent. Hmm. It was excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and again, you know, if you want it, uh, you got to go get it. You can't just, uh, you know, call Amazon and have them send it to you. No, God, no, not this. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, walleye again. Okay. That, uh, um, what do you want to know? Well, apparently it's kind of unusual to, to have a, a pro walleye fisherman that's also a, 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 a bird hunting guide. Well, the, the bird hunting helps pay for all the rest of it. So I see. It's, it's, it's yeah. kind, of, kind of by necessity and quite honestly. Yeah. All I ever did was hunt all fall anyway, so I yeah. figured instead of going in the hole, maybe I'd make a dollar at it, and it, yeah. it seems to work. Well, the uh, now when if someone comes back and goes on a on a hunt with you, what would you normally take anywhere from two to six people, or what? Um, up to about eight, ten, maybe. Yeah. If I don't go above that, we can legally have twenty in a group. But I simply will not do it because it starts to get a circus-like atmosphere to yeah. it, mm-hmm. and I, I just don't care for it. Sounds, da- old, sounds dangerous, too. This is the yeah. way we grew up. Uh-huh. We, uh, we got old Suburbans, and we throw the dogs in the back there of them, go. and that's, that's how we do it. Yeah. And uh, if someone wants to, to come up, for, and first of all, where, how do they find you? Uh, you they can, the best thing is to go to the website, and mm-hmm. that is Dakota Pheasant guide all mm-hmm. one word dot com and okay. that'll get you there for some some reason you struggle google dennis foster pheasant i'm sure yeah I'm sure it'll come up uh, the website's pretty extensive it gives them a, a real good idea and then typically the guys will call and then they'll have good educated questions to ask uh-huh okay uh one hey, thing i uh, should add I've D- dennis real, real quick a pretty unique Niche in, in I offer self guided okay. times, which very uh, few people do. Dennis, we're gonna we're up oh. against a, a break. We've only got uh, about thirty seconds, and we could take a three minute break. Would you mind hanging around for the break and just spend another couple minutes with us? Sure, sure. Oh, that'd be great. All right, super. You are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio, and good information, good information. And again, go to the website and listen to it because, you know, know, that's how you learn. That's how I learn. That's why I like doing this show. We'll be right back with you. A few years ago, a sailor set out to design a boat shoe that was comfortable and stable, non-skid, and wouldn't mark the decks. Today, these incredibly comfortable shoes are worn by anglers, boaters, professional guides, and charter captains. Go to softscience.com to see more. Soft Science shoes and boots are lightweight and shock-absorbent with just the right level of support. Several styles come in all sizes. Enjoy the Soft Science shoe in the water and out. Check them out at softscience.com. Used by fishermen who know where to get the best fishing gear around, AFTCO makes the highest quality fishing rod components worldwide. If it says AFTCO, you know you have a quality rod. Guy Harvey Clothing, the best outdoor clothing line anywhere, is also available through AFTCO. Longest lasting, functional, and best looking clothing you'll be proud to wear. Only the very best materials and workmanship. As soon as you put it on, you'll know the difference. Look for AFTCO at quality retailers or go to AFTCO.com. Great news. You can now watch Grizz's shows wherever you are, whenever you want, on all your mobile devices. Download the Grizz Channel app today. (laughs) 
enjoy an adventure during that boring wait at the doctor's office. Or while you're sitting at the airport waiting for your next flight. Just go to your phone, tablet, or even Kindle app store or iTunes and download it today. And when you get home, you can watch The Grizz on your big screen on Roku. Catch The Grizz next adventure today. That's what I'm doing. Think about nothing, not even you. Catch me a big one, the fine speckled trout. Slapping in the water, I pull it right out. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. Oh, this is John Hennigan, and we have Dennis Foster uh, the uh, uh, from DakotaPheasantGuide.com. And he is, uh, I guess, a pro walleye guy, but obviously he knows about birds. And we were talking about... You know, if you want it, there's only one way to do it, and that's yes, you got to go get it. You can't go down to the butcher shop. And, uh, right. You know, and uh, one thing, interestingly enough, and then I see several of these a year where guys will call up, and sometimes even their daughters or their sons, and they'll say, Dad's always wanted to go to South Dakota on a real pheasant hunt. This is a bucket list deal. Yeah. We want to get it done for them. So I get the, you know, to me, that makes. You know, it, it's not just a business. You know, we're yeah. making friends out yeah. there, and that, that's what's important to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, you're located in uh, um, James River. Tell us where you're, where you're, where you're located. Okay. You... Uh, the, the closest towns around uh, of any size, because we're quite rural, are Aberdeen and Redfield. And as I mentioned, Redfield holds the distinction of being officially the pheasant capital of the world. And uh, rightly so, as the first successful introduction of pheasants took place uh, two miles north of town, very near the James River. And as I mentioned to you during the break, I just so happened to have the rights to that property yeah. where it all began. So, so you've uh, got, uh, you know, you've got a, a large areas that, that you lease, and they grow crops. And when they harvest the crops, then you come in and uh, harvest the birds. Exactly. You know, and a lot of times, too, there's uh, flus and so forth, the things that are, I guess you'd call crop locked, where you cannot get to them until the crops are harvested. Oh. You know, so yeah. as the crops come off, we're just kind of generating new spots. Mm-hmm. And then also with, uh, with the corn, I've got some farmers that are very helpful towards me and the fact that they'll, they will strip that corn. 
So they wow. may leave strips that are 50 yards oh, wide. Oh, man. They just and then birds they put out, put out a buffet. love Yeah, they put out a buffet. And it's, and it's, it's a controllable thing, too. Yeah. Because you have guys walking on the outside of the corn. Yeah. Uh, you need very good dogs that are under control in the corn. Otherwise, because yeah. the birds want to run, and if you got a dog yeah. that's not under control, oh, the other thing sometimes the the sometimes the, the, birds. the birds they'll, they'll just but, uh, they'll just hunker down, and you walk right by them, and didn't you know they were there? And then they'll take yeah, then they'll take they, off yep, and fly yep, away. Yeah, yeah. I was mentioning sometimes they'll uh, literally they can do this. You might have a guy. And another guy four rows apart, and they'll figure out a way to get between you and run back. <laughs> it's very, very it, common. It, it, and when you catch them doing yeah. it, I mean, they're, they're moving and they're yeah. flat to the ground. Yeah. Absolutely. And so what you normally do, you walk, but usually like six abreast and uh, walk the field? Roughly, yeah. And then, uh, then we'll also, uh, a key strategy to this, too, is as our wingmen, we'll actually have them ahead of us at roughly a 45-degree angle. Yeah. And if I can, I'll have two guys on each side out in the open, uh-huh. and then we'll have blockers on the end. And typically yeah. what happens oh. is you'll push the vast majority of the birds down to the end, yeah. and then it's, it's pure excitement. Oh, yeah, because when, when they run out, right, when they run out of field, right field, you might yeah. have 100 birds come wow. in a minute's wow. time, and it's just it's pandemonium. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it helps if you uh, it helps if you can uh, uh, pretty good with a shotgun. And yeah, another right, thing too is uh, the, the the blocking position is, is is kind of a thing of respect. Yeah, the way we hunt, that's always relegated to the older guys. Yeah, so they don't uh, have to do the walking, and they well, get tons and tons of shooting. And no, that's, that's, that uh, be, I want the savvy uh, guys. I want to be one of those. Magazine extensions on uh, their shotguns so they oh. can keep shooting. Otherwise, they run out of shells. Oh. <laughs> Well, I want to be one of those, but uh, it looks like we're about out of time. And what airport would you fly into, Redfield? Uh, no, Redfield is a very, you could do a private plane into Redfield. Your best bet is in Aberdeen. Aberdeen, okay. All righty. Yep. Well, that was very exciting, Dennis. I'm sure glad we brought you back on, and, and we'll come back again in a, in a month or two when, uh, when the season gets underway. I look forward to it. All right, and that is, uh, again, Dakota Pheasant Hunt. DakotaPheasantGuide.com. DakotaPheasantGuide.com. Perfect. All right. Thank you, Dennis. Appreciate that. You are listening to Cork and Fork Radio. Fish Talk Radio.